but it will come soon. Don't worry. So Matthew 19, I'll be reading from God's Word, verses 13 through 15. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father, what a great privilege it is to come to you this evening. We pray that your spirit would open our eyes, that we might behold wonderful things out of your law, that you would work in us what is pleasing to you, and you would send forth your word with your power to accomplish your purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about all of you children here this evening, but my children love to get invitations. It doesn't matter what kind of invitation it is to a birthday party or a sleepover or to go over to the grandparents' house or an end-of-the-year party. They love to get invitations. And the first thing they do when they get an invitation is they come running to me or to their mom and they say, can we go? Can we go? And if we tell them yes, then the next thing that they do, and every day after that is, how many days until the party? How many days until the party? Over and over. They can't wait for the invitation to be fulfilled. Well, children, I want to tell you something, and your parents as well, that you will never You will never get a better invitation than the one that you have here in Matthew chapter 19 from Jesus Christ himself. For he invites you to come to him. Now I think it's important that you pay close attention to what he says because he doesn't say come to the birthday party or come to to Chuck E. Cheese, or come to the Little League game, or come to the movies, or come to the pool, or come to the park, or come to the ice cream party. He says, come to me. Come to Jesus Christ. Come to himself. Now, why is that so important to listen carefully And to focus on Jesus. J.C. Ryle says that we ought to consider children from the very earliest years. When we think of them, we ought to deal with children as having souls to be lost or saved. And let us strive to bring them to Christ. Why is it so important? Because Jesus Christ is the only one who can make a difference in whether their soul is lost or saved. Who can make a difference in eternity. Who can make a difference in what's most important. It is Jesus Christ that they need to go to. That they must go to. So the invitation is come to me. Come to Jesus. Who is the creator of life. And the giver of life. Come to Jesus who came so that you may have life. And have it to the full. Come to Jesus who alone has been crucified To set you free. Come to Jesus because he's the one who suffered the pain of hell for you. So that you will not have to. Come to Jesus who has fully paid for all your sins with his precious blood. And he watches over you in such a way 
that not a hair can fall from your head apart from the will of his Father in heaven. We come to Jesus because none but Jesus can do helpless sinners good, because none but Jesus can make our crimson stain white as snow, because none but Jesus can show the Father his nail-scarred hands and name our wounds as his own. We come to Jesus because he is the one who died and has been raised again in victory over sin and death. And when we stand in him, sin's curse loses its grip on us and we belong to Christ because we've been bought with his precious blood. So why come to Jesus? Why is it so important to come to Jesus above everything else? Because who else can you go to? Why wouldn't you come? There's no one else to turn to. Salvation is found in no one else. And there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So the invitation is, come to me, Jesus Christ says. But how do these children come in Matthew 19? You look at verse 13 and it says, little children were brought to Jesus. See, they can't yet come on their own. So they had to be brought to Jesus by their parents, by their grandparents, by whoever was caring for them at that time. They were brought to Jesus. And this points to our covenant responsibility as parents, as a church, as we care for the children that God has blessed us with. And you see this throughout the scriptures, the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, the New Testament, in Ephesians 6, fathers are charged to bring their children up and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then also in Psalm 78, and I'm going to turn there. You can just listen. But Psalm 78, verse 5, says, God decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. This is a command that we have, a responsibility that we have. But it is not just for parents, even as Kim read that question that we read at the baptism of our children. The congregation has a responsibility as well and makes that promise as well. But I do want to say a word to those of you who have a direct influence on children. I want to ask you a question. What is more important in your life than teaching children the very word of God, than bringing them to Jesus? Your children learn so much from you. They watch you. They catch values from you. They catch affections from you. What you love, they begin to love. And so when you come to the end of your life, the end of the time of your influence upon your children, when they leave your home, what do you want to pass on to them? What do you want them to remember you for? What do you want them to pick up from you? Trust me, it will not be a love for all teams from Philadelphia. It will not be, oh, I love my car and I must keep it in mint condition. It will not be, I love the newspaper or my favorite TV show or the movies. It will not be, I love my job and making money. It will not be, I love a reputation and the way that you, my child, enhance my reputation. It will not be that you, my child, were the best player on the sports team. None of that will matter. 
What we want our children to remember is our love for Jesus. And when they think of us, they will think of our love for Jesus because Jesus gave us life and because Jesus is our life. We must bring them to Jesus. And when we understand this, when Jesus is our life, everything else pales in comparison. It is rubbish, it is garbage, it is worthless, it doesn't matter. And we realize that bringing our children to Jesus is not just a covenant responsibility, but it is a tremendous privilege. It's not just something we have to do, it's something we get to do. It is something that we are compelled to do by the love of Christ, and it becomes our joy. And Psalm 78 ties these two together, our responsibility and our privilege. Verse 5 again, I'll read that. God decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Why? So the next generation would know them. Even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their hope in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. This is our great hope, that even as we bring our children to Jesus, they would come to learn the very words of God himself. And Moses in Deuteronomy, as he was teaching the word, he says, these are not just empty, idle words for you. They are your life. That they would know the words of God. And then also that they would put their hope in God, that they would know God himself. And Jesus Christ himself said, to know God is eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you. This is our hope. This is what we are called to. This is our privilege to teach them the most glorious truth in all the universe. The truth about Jesus Christ who is God himself in the flesh. But it's also our privilege because the Bible gives us glimpses of what can happen when people are brought to Jesus. The impact that it can have. And I'll just share two of my favorite stories with you this This evening, one's from John chapter 1, verse 40. When Jesus is first calling his disciples. In John 1, 40, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. I imagine most of you children here this evening have brothers and sisters. And I wonder if you ever think about how you treat your brothers and sisters. Do you consider bringing them to Jesus? Not just keeping them out of your room, but bringing them to Jesus. This is what Andrew did to Peter. And what happened to Peter? His life was transformed. He was no longer a fisher. He was a fisher of men. And he gave his life to proclaiming the gospel. He couldn't keep it in when he came to know Jesus. One other story in Luke chapter 5. This is a story of some great friends. And I hope you children grow up and have friends like this. Luke 5, 18. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat. So they're carrying their friend. His legs don't work. He can't walk. 
And these men have heard about Jesus, that Jesus can make him well. But he has no way of getting there, so his friends carry him. And they take him to the house on, and lay, to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, so they got there, and there's a mass of people, and they can't get to Jesus. But they didn't give up. It says, then they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd. Now, in a minute, you're going to be going to get your ice cream. There might be a big crowd there. You might need somebody to lift you up over the crowd so you can get to the ice cream. I'm not encouraging that. I'm just saying. (laughs) So this is what happens here. The men bring their friend. They lift him up in the roof. And then what does it say? It says they lay him right in front of Jesus. They bring him to Jesus. And now what happens? Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith, he said... What does this man need? He can't walk. He wants his legs to get healed so that he can walk again. But that is not the first thing that Jesus says. Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. So what happens to this young man when he is brought to Jesus? His life is transformed. Jesus sees that he has a soul that can be either lost or saved. And Jesus reaches his deepest need. And brings him salvation so that not only can he then also heal him and tell him to rise, take your mat and walk. And he will leave praising God on that day. But today he is with Jesus praising him in eternity forever. Because he was brought to Jesus. And his life was transformed. This is our great privilege. Well, Jesus ends this passage in Matthew 19. By saying why the children ought to come. Why we ought not to hinder them. The last phrase is, For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. What Christ is saying is that those who will inherit the kingdom of heaven must become like little children. But he's not saying that because children are innocent, though they really looked like it this evening. He's saying that because children recognize their dependence on others. They are dependent upon others and they willingly accept from them what they cannot provide for themselves. Little children are a great example of the kind of attitude that we need to have before Jesus Christ. They are dependent on others and they, they willingly accept from them what they cannot provide for themselves. So Jesus says the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who recognize their need for Jesus, their need for a Savior, and they're prepared to admit their sin, to repent of their sin, and to receive God's kingdom, His love, and His forgiveness as a gift that has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. To those who will accept what they cannot provide for themselves. Have you become like a child in this sense? You know, this evening, many of you came to see the children. It's my hope that all of you will come to Jesus. And that you will then join all of us in bringing these little children to Jesus as well. So that they would put their hope in God. And not forget his commands, but walk in his ways. Let's pray. Father, we marvel 
at this invitation to come to Christ. When in our sin we ought to run in terror and fear because we have offended a holy God, yet you reach out to us and you send your only Son to offer us salvation, we thank you for that incredible gift. And we pray that you would apply it to the hearts of these children here. That they would remember what they have been taught and that they would embrace the gospel and that they would learn from us to have affection and passion and love for our Savior. May you do this for the sake of your great name. May you glorify your name by adding children and parents and grandparents to your family today. We pray this through Jesus Christ, the only Savior. Amen.